Coming up on Studios America, Nicole Arbor returns to the program with some crypto tips that could make you a millionaire. The Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee faces some very well-deserved mockery after being a bit too thirsty for Biden. I put my Nancy Pelosi sucks pens up against Chad Prather's one-piece swimsuits in the ultimate battle of the merch. You can help me win with the promo code STU20 at stewdoesmerch.com for 20% off all the things. And the left is constantly bitching about Republicans standing in the way of their journey to a progressive utopia. But what happens in places where there is no Republican interference? Like at all. Shockingly, they still accomplish nothing. And I'll show you how as we do total democratic hypocrisy. Stu does America. There's a pretty popular podcast out there called How Did This Get Made? And it's a, it's a, they go through these few comedians and they go through talking about um, terrible movies and terrible ideas for movies. And they go through and analyze uh, each movie as they go and talk about how ridiculous uh, the, the plot is and how bad the acting is and how terrible the dialogue is. And it's really funny if you just want to escape and, and enjoy some pretty funny movie talk. How Did This Get Made? That's, we're kind of doing an episode of that show today. That podcast is this podcast because there was a video made by the New York Times and I don't understand how it was made. How did this get made? It is in a video and accompanying article that is uh, really, I think, knocked conservatives off their feet just because they can't believe the source of it. Not because the material is all that shocking, I suppose, at least to conservatives, but the fact that the New York Times is the one not only making the video, but confirming all this information is really, really shocking. And it comes down to fundamentally hypocrisy. Uh, The left says all the time uh, that the only thing in their way are evil conservatives, evil Republicans, all those people, those libertarians over there getting in the way. We just want to do things that are good for the people. And for some reason, uh, Republicans are just always trying to stop that. And Democrats can't get it done. If they could only get control of everything, then everything would be perfect. And Look, I guess everybody has a little bit of that inside of them, right? You know, everybody wants to rule the world. Everybody wants to have an idea how to run these things. And if just those other people would get out of the way, we could make this thing work. Well, the New York Times decided to look at these claims from Democrats. And it's kind of shocking as just I mean, it's not it would not be shocking if it was a monologue on this program. But it is going to be shocking to you knowing that this comes from the New York Times. Let me give you kind of their outline of the video. Uh, and we'll, we'll link to this video on, on Twitter, at Studios America. Make sure you, you can see the, in, the thing in its entirety because you really do need to see it. But I want to show you a few clips of this, and we'll talk about each piece. Here's kind of the setup. What do Democrats do when they're in power? Americans tend to view politics as a competition of us versus them. And and they tend to think that if they would just get out of the way, then we can do the things that we want to do. There is no them standing in the way. There's just the we of Democrats and their supporters, and they get to decide what policy should look like in those states. And that is an opportunity for them to implement their vision. For this story, I also delved into this giant document. It is the 2020 Democratic Party platform. If you want to really understand what Democrats say they want, what their vision is for America, it's found inside of this document. This document serves as a guide as we zoom into these states to answer this question. 
What do Democrats really do when they have all the power? Hmm. So what do they really do? Are you on the edge of your seat? Do you want to see if all these things worked out really well when they had all the power and they were able to implement any rule that they wanted? Are you excited to hear how this is all going? I know I am. Uh, One of the big priorities for the Democratic Party, as you have heard many, many times, is affordable housing. Housing's too expensive. Housing is, of course, uh, you know, the, 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 the evil white Republicans don't want uh, poor minorities living around them. That's kind of the tone of the housing uh, debate. So how is housing working out in areas that are all entirely blue? Housing is a human right. Housing is a human right. The rent is going through the roof. Housing is a human right. How does California do when it comes to housing? You know where those signs are when you drive into a state that says, welcome to California? They might as well replace them with signs that say, keep out. Because in California, the cost of housing is so high that for many people, it's simply unaffordable. The the state has simply, for the most part, stopped building housing. I mean, there are cranes, there's housing going up, but it has slowed down over time really, really sharply, and it is nowhere near sufficient to keep pace with California's population. And so what you have is is not enough housing and too many people trying to get it, and the inevitable result is that prices have gone up, up, and away. Let me give you an example of this. Uh, Palo Alto is uh, an example of this. You know, of course, it's an entirely blue area. It's all Democrats that live there. Over the past eight years, the San Francisco area has added 676,000 jobs, but only 176,000 housing units. Hmm. Why? Why is that? A few years ago, the city council of Palo Alto decided to change the zoning of one section of the city, a two acre plot, two acres of the entire city. That's it. And they wanted to uh, zone it as low, uh, change it from low density housing to higher density housing so that they can build one 60 unit affordable housing complex for elderly members of the community. Okay, what happened? The overwhelmingly liberal residents of Palo Alto decided to hold a vote to overturn the decision and revert it back to low density. Single family homes, of course, that's what they did. So now when you go to that plot of land, two two acres uh, big, um, instead of an affordable housing complex for the elderly, you see a few houses, all of them massive, massive and all of them worth approximately $5 million each. This is what's happening all over the country. And, you know, they're not the only ones who have hypocrisy. They just seem to have a a really healthy supply of it. No, no problem with the uh, supply chain when it comes to Democratic hypocrisy. How about income tax? A big topic we talk about often on this program. Is the left living their values when it comes to the income tax? It is time for a wealth tax in America. Democrats believe in a progressive tax system where the rich pay a larger share of their income than the poor. This is like the most basic policy vision of like a progressive movement. It's front and center in Democrats' policy platform. But if you go and look at Washington state, what you find is that in Washington state, if you look at the the state and local taxes that people pay there, less affluent families pay a much larger share of their income in taxes than the wealthiest residents of Washington 
Washington state. So people like Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos, two of the state's most famous and wealthy residents, are in this lovely situation of, of paying less in taxes as a share of their income than, than the poor people who live in that same state. And this is a fundamental inversion of the values that the Democratic Party professes. There is no state with a more regressive system of taxation than Washington state. There's no state with a more regressive, that's the opposite of progressive, in case you didn't know, the progressive is supposed to be higher rates, uh, higher uh, tax rates for the wealthy. This is doing the opposite. And that's in Washington, where, of course, they run everything and have run everything for quite some time. Um, probably there's no more dramatic example of this, I think, in real terms. Because, you know, look, uh, housing, you know, zoning is something that I think a lot of people don't really pay all that close attention to unless they think something bad's going to happen in their area. You know, taxes, it's a lot of spreadsheets. It's a lot. It's, it's economics. It's all of this. Education is a different story. You're talking about kids from your community and you want to get them the best in schooling, right? I mean, that's kind of what everyone would say. Republican, Democrat, independent, no matter what. So how are the blue values holding up when we're talking about education? There's this one county that contains the city of Chicago. It's called Cook County. The residents here voted overwhelmingly for Democratic candidates in the presidential and senatorial elections last year. Often what would happen is that this would just be one big school district and that all the taxes from all the towns in this county would be put into one bucket and distributed equally throughout the county. But the residents of this very blue democratic county have actually decided to divide themselves into more than 140 school districts. So now you have all these tiny school districts like this one, which are like gerrymandered around the richest part of town. And so all of the taxes from these rich homeowners go into one little bucket and then only get distributed distributed to the schools within this rich region of the county. It can be on the same block that the town line runs through the middle of it. And if you live on one side of that line, you're consigned to an inferior education by virtue of the fact that you and your neighbors don't have as much money. <laughs> I mean, look, it's, I hate to laugh, it's very sad. I mean, there's a lot of kids in Chicago that could benefit from the tax dollars of the wealthier constituents in other parts of the city. And you'd think that would be the type of thing that the left would embrace. But you know what happens when it's their neighborhood? They don't want to do it. They don't care about any of this stuff when it comes to their neighborhood. They don't care about housing. They don't care about taxes. They don't want to pay the taxes out of their household. And if they do pay it, they want it coming right back to their kids at their school so they can build a ninth gymnasium and, and swimming pool and arboretum so that the kid down the street's got nothing. And this is constant. It happens all the time in environmentalism as, as well, um, where you, these giant solar farms, these giant wind farms, they don't, people don't want them near. The, the, the left does not want them near their communities. So they fight them. They keep acting as if uh, there's a future for wind power. Is there? When, when every Democrat out there keeps saying no, 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 and the most wind power happens to be in the state I'm sitting in, Texas. It's incredible. And, I, you know, it, you really do need to watch this entire thing. I, I, would, I would say when this show, of course, is over, you should go over and, uh, to my Twitter account, at StuDoesAmerica. We'll make sure we tweet this for you. And you can watch the whole, it's 15 minutes. Um, and it's important to, to watch the entire thing. But I want to give you kind of the, the summary here. How does this look? 
Who's to blame for this? And listen to this sort of bitch slap that the uh, New York Times is giving to its Democratic readership. Watch. What we're talking about here is that blue states are the problem. Blue states are where the housing crisis is located. Blue states are where the disparities in education funding are the most dramatic. Blue states are the places where tens of thousands of homeless people are living on the streets. Blue states are the places where economic inequality is increasing most quickly in this country. This huh. is not a problem of, of not doing well enough. It is, it is a situation where the blue states are the problem. Affluent liberals tend to be really good at showing up to the marches and talking about how they love equality. They're really good at putting signs in their lawn saying that all are welcome here. But by their actions, what they're actually saying is, yes, we believe in these ideals, just not in my backyard. Mm. We are not living our values. People who live in blue states, people who profess liberal values, you need to look in the mirror and, and need to understand that they are not taking the actions that are consistent with those values, not just incidentally, not just in small areas, but that some of the most important policy choices. We are denying people the opportunity to prosper and to thrive and to build better lives. And it is happening in places where Democrats control the levers of policy. The New York Times made that video. Stunning, stunning. And now I think if you want to have a, if you want to be less excited about the fact that the New York Times made a video like that, you can really read into this and I think pull out a, a, a nugget that is true which is the New York Times is not saying, hey, maybe these policies are bad ideas per se, or this, this platform is a bad platform of the Democratic Party. What they're saying is basically we need more of the AOC-style socialism uh, that uh, we would oppose. I mean, they're, they're saying basically live these values, take the money from these rich communities and give it to the poor communities more often, and all, all of these things that they claim to do just aren't actually doing. And so, you know, I don't know that the policy outcome of all of their complaints there would be things that we would agree with. But one thing that you can, I think, um, uh, come along with, number one, is obviously just noticing and pointing out their hypocrisy, which is of value by itself. But in addition to that, one of the things that I think was brilliant about our founders and I think is um, intelligent when it comes to the conservative movement and libertarian principles and the things we talk about on this show all the time is that we recognize uh, who people are. People are not the people that, you know, socialism doesn't work for a reason. You know, you could say, you know, there could be a community in some perfect utopia where, oh, everyone can just kind of each according to uh, their, you know, their needs and distributing that sort of very, on that sort of Marxian principle, Maybe, you know, maybe everyone's ability would be able to supply those needs in some weird, perfect utopia among robots. But that's not who we are. Uh, people are actually, you know, have individual um, uh, minds that make individual decisions. And typically those decisions are based on the principle of helping themselves, helping their families. Um, you know, really the only thing that seems to move people to do anything other than those basics is faith. And it's something the Democrats want to remove from all society. Uh, it's like, that is, a, and of course, as you see, uh, conservatives give much more to charity because of those types of principles. You can't legislate this stuff. You're never going to have it be successful. It's never going to work. You can try it, but it's never going to work. 
understanding who people are and working uh, within the structures of their community, their churches, uh, their schools, uh, and to them and to the smallest unit, their family. And engaging with people on those levels is much more likely to make actual change than some overarching policy. But that is kind of to the side here because the real, the real fun of that video is just, just noticing the hypocrisy and just, just loving the fact that it's pounding the Democrats in the face from the New York Times. That should just give you joy. That's just the happy part of this. We can solve all these world problems later, but the fact that a bunch of people who voted for this administration and think AOC's brilliant are going onto the New York Times page and having to watch that video, if nothing else, should just get you through the weekend with a smile. I want to talk to you about a new documentary called Enemies Within the Church. There's been a hostile postmodern takeover within some of conservative Christianity. Postmodernism includes agendas commonly known by the terms social justice, intersectionality, critical race theory, neo-Marxism. You've seen a lot of stories about this. We've been talking about this stuff for a very long time. But to see it all in one place, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get your arms around it. This film exposes those who are selling out the church to postmodernism and the money behind it. The movie uh, rocks the boat, but in a good way. Uh, it exposes the bad ideas, but also the bad actors and the bad money. Christians need to see what is being done without their knowledge. Enemies Within the Church brings together Christian voices from across the nation and the world to share what they have seen. Check out the DVD, or you can purchase the pay-per-view streaming option uh, at enemieswithinthechurch.com. Enemieswithinthechurch.com. This is information you want to take a look at. Enemieswithinthechurch.com. I am very happy to welcome Nicole Arbor back to the program. She's a comedian, entrepreneur, and partner with Stock Unlocked, a stock educational program uh, that's uh, helping create millionaires through crypto and NFTs. Nicole, how's it going? So good. Nice to see you again, Stu. So good to see you too. I I want to I want to I want to start with a tweet that you tweeted just the other day. It says this. I say no to going on political shows all the time because everyone from every side just talks to their own audience, making a thought vacuum. But I'll go on any show that will let me talk to them about Bitcoin, crypto, NFTs and the great wealth transfer. Any station, any political view. Finally, Nicole, something I qualify for. I've crossed yeah. this line. I am any station. I have any political view, and I love talking you're about crypto. Anything. Yeah, you're anything. So that's perfect. I'm glad to, I'm glad that you saw that tweet. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I think it's a really important thing, and I think it's uh, we're on the verge of something really big here, uh, where uh, this is something that we talk about disruptive stuff all the time with technology, and sometimes it's really big, and sometimes it isn't. But crypto has an opportunity here to make a huge difference on everything from politics to the economy to uh, to freedom of speech to everything. Everything. And this is the fun part is that we are living through the great wealth transfer. We have never seen anything even similar to this in our lives, not since there was gold and gold went to paper money. Paper money went to, you know, digital online banking, which is now crypto. Mm. And if you aren't in now, you will be left behind. But the cool part is, this is where the wealth transfer comes in, is that if you're getting in now, you will be making money. You will 100% make more money, if you invest in good ones, uh, than the bank gives you. 
And because of inflation, we're all kind of getting screwed and the banks don't even allow for inflation. So your savings account will never make you money. And I believe it's 7%. If you're not making 7% more next year, you're actually losing money by going to work. Yeah. I mean, and you see this right now. You're, the places you're finding these sorts of interest rates that can even bring you close to that are in DeFi and, and through crypto and really nowhere else. Um, let, me, yeah. let me start here, though, Nicola. How, how did you get into crypto? How, what's your journey here? It's kind of funny. Um, well, it was like a couple of years ago. There's a sad story behind it that years and years ago I had a crypto wallet. I had Bitcoin that was given to me at a party and I lost my password to that wallet. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. This is horrible. I told the story to Bitcoin magazine. Everybody like RIP to that Bitcoin that we know is worth a lot of money now. <laughs> uh, but then about I think it was about two years ago, uh, I was just like, you know what? I got to go there. I, I always look at where the heads of tech companies are going. I go, I see what Elon Musk is doing. I see what the Winklevi brothers are doing. <laughs> and I always want to follow what the leaders are doing. And it just made so much sense to me that there's going to be decentralized income and decentralized money. And I was like, yeah, I got to get into Bitcoin now because I think this will keep going up and people made fun of me, but I was early enough. And then I was like, oh my gosh, all my fans, not all, a lot of my fans lost money during the pandemic, either they were entrepreneurs and lost their jobs or they chose you know, not to be vaccinated and they had to leave their jobs. And I was like, well, it's cool that I can be funny and make people laugh, but all these people are suffering that follow me. So what can I do for them? I can help them make money. That's, that's the answer. So money is obviously freedom. And by getting my audience into crypto and NFTs, I'm helping them make money. And it's crazy because I have, you know, single mothers writing to me almost daily saying they listened to my one tip on this. They made more in a month than they did in a whole year at their other job. And they actually believe they can save for the future now. And it's just like, this is how we do it. <laughs> Our political tweets, like they're fun. It's fun to dunk on libs or dunk, dunk on conservatives all day. But that doesn't move anything. So where the wealth goes, the power goes. And we have the opportunity right now to transfer the wealth. And one of the interesting things about crypto in particular, and Bitcoin probably stands out a little bit on this one, but there's several cryptocurrencies that would do this, is it really does fight back against inflation. You mentioned this earlier. You know, we complain, you know, I complain about all the, all the time on the show about how much money the government spends and all the new programs they come up with and how wasteful they are and all of that. And it just keeps eating away, not only at you from the tax side, but also yep. from the inflation side. And crypto <laughs> is a way to take this power away from the government they, that they have over every one of their citizens. And why do you think they're flipping out? Mm. They're, they're, they're flipping out. They're like, oh, Hillary Clinton last week was saying things against Bitcoin. It's one, because she doesn't get it. OK, boomer. I'd like, never say that, <laughs> but it felt like the whole world could say OK, boomer at that. Mm -hmm. And number two, because she knows that we're taking money away from the main banks. And frankly, we should. They keep printing money. They're crushing the fiat system themselves. Fiat is trash. It's trash at this point. And the whole world is going to be using crypto and Bitcoin and more countries are adopting it as their actual uh, money now. And that's what we need to do. And my, the thing is, my coins keep going up. Even on a bad day, it's still better than the bank would ever give me at, what is it, like 0.1% or even 0.01%? Like, it's just, it's just trash. They, they keep us in this little hamster wheel that you make money, you have to pay taxes, which makes sense because we want our world to work. Mm. But then inflation, plus we're not getting the rate of inflation in raises to cover inflation, 
So the middle class is shrinking, the lower class is getting bigger, and there's just no reason for it. So we can jump out of the hamster wheel and invest in crypto because crypto keeps growing and it's going to keep growing. And there's so many uses for it. That's why I like it. Yeah, they say something only like 2% of the world right now actually is in this. So I think a lot of people have heard about crypto for a long time. and They think, well, you know, I remember those guys in 2014 talking about it and I wish I got in then, but obviously I didn't. Now it's up at these high rates. I mean, do you think that this is something that's going to continue to grow uh, for a long time? time is there's still a lot of people that aren't yes in. <laughs> like yes like like you said it's like two percent of the world's in right now so again we used to carry around gold and that was really kind of annoying because you had to have sacks of gold with you and it's like ah, i'm schlepping gold so we exchanged our gold for paper because it was lighter and easier to carry and then people are saying oh it's it's digital it's not protected well it's no different from your online bank account that's through an app you know, our crypto is held through an app. It's on the blockchain. It's actually way safer. It's like a digital, uh, I say like, what are those called at the bank? Those boxes, what are those called? Safety deposit box. Yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a digital safety deposit box. Your money's in there. It can't get out. Everything is publicly recorded. So you're not going to get scammed. I know that that's what a lot of people are worried about. Um, but you're still super early, which is why you can make money in it because your dollar is going to keep increasing in crypto. But your US dollar, unfortunately, because we keep printing more as if that's a solution to problems, Biden, um, <laughs> it's gonna keep going down. So it's the way to jump out. Like I just got to the point where I said, okay, there's a bunch of idiots running the countries that I love. And it's not the citizens, the, I don't think the citizens of those countries are idiots, but the leaders, morons. No. I don't like them. They're stupid, they're making stupid decisions and they're literally killing the financial system. So. This is where we can all shift together and win. Let's, let, I want to talk about another part of this, too, because you, you obviously are big on social media, big Instagram personality, and you've had your share of censorship and, and dealing with all the nonsense that goes on with a lot of these big tech companies. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I think to conservatives in particular, one of the real draws to crypto is this idea that it can get rid of all this nonsense. Crypto can't be censored. Crypto can't be shut down. These things can't happen with crypto. And you can build stuff on crypto platforms that allow yes. you to your voice to flourish forever. Yes. And you're 100 percent right. And also what you know i was thinking specifically okay conservatives keep getting upset they're getting censored they're losing their jobs for whatever reason if they speak out they might lose their job for that reason as well because there's so much there's just so much censorship happening nobody can censor you on crypto mm. nobody can censor you on bitcoin on eth in nfts nobody can censor you in nobility token which i love you are free and the only key to freedom right now is getting in crypto as fast as you can. And if there was a specific group of people that I would like to find this financial freedom as fast as possible, it's kind of your viewers. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, like there, I feel like there's been a group in America that's really been kind of shat on in the last few years for their beliefs. And I think if we're not going to judge people for their sexual orientation, their religious beliefs, that judging people for their political beliefs is just as wrong. And I know people disagree with me on that, but I, I don't care. And I just think the answer is money. That's it. It's like whoever has money has the power. So let's get the money and 
you know, all the good people can get the money. I was actually messaging with uh, Glenn Beck last night mm. about an idea that we have for the metaverse. So we might we might be executing something cool in the metaverse together. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, Glenn can barely get his phone to work. So I don't know how that's going to happen, but I'm, I'm excited. If you can get him across that barrier, I will be very interested to see what happens there. Oh, watch me do it. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> That'll be great. We need Glenn Beck in the metaverse. Yes, we do. Um, so uh, let me talk to you, because you mentioned conservatives. And I, I, this is something I've been talking to the audience for a while about, about, you know, how this makes sense for conservatives to understand and yes. embrace. What I think is interesting about Bitcoin is that you do see it, though, it's not a partisan issue. Um, and and mm -hmm. Bitcoin, I use shorthand for really all of crypto. I mean, you see Eric Adams, who's the new mayor of New York, about New York City, about to uh, uh, take his seat there. And he's talking about Bitcoin. He's taking his salary partially in Bitcoin. He's talking about yep. how he wants to build Bitcoin into the biggest, uh, you know, uh, or New York City into the biggest crypto center there is. You see the president yep. of El Salvador, of course, the mayor of Miami. I mean, yes. senators in, in, in Wyoming. I mean, this really does span the, uh, the the partisan divide. And I think I think that's really important to keep it that way. I think that's important yes. that both sides understand this. Everybody can win. Everybody can play, everybody can win, <laughs> and you can win right now because it's the gold rush. It's literally the gold rush. And just like in gold, where there's mining, people are mining for Bitcoin because it's very difficult to create and lots of coding, lots of nerd, nerd-ish, yes. I call it, mm -hmm. um, which you know increases the value as we go. But it's not too late. So you can get in and buy digital gold for your family, for yourself, and the value is not going to go down. It's going to be around for a long time. Like I said, if you're watching the trends, you're still early. So you got to get in. It is nonpartisan, which I think makes it the great equalizer because then everybody can get in and everybody can win. I just, I just love the idea that everybody can win in there. And the problem right now is that there's not enough education on it so that, mm -hmm. you know, someone's friend might be like, Oh, it's a scam. That's a big scam. Right. I just realized I was looking down and at you and not at the camera. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so the whole interview, I'm going to be like this, my bad. Um, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a scam. I know there's a lot of people's friends that are like, Oh, it's a scam. It's not, you do not need to be giving your info to anybody to get it. You just need to download, make it super simple. You download something like Coinbase. You can use your debit card right there in Coinbase. And then you want a wallet, like a digital wallet. I like to use Trust Wallet or MetaMask. And mm -hmm. you can buy your currency right there and hold it in your digital wallet. Yeah. And you can either just hold it and it'll increase, or you can spend it and trade it for other currencies, depending on what you like and what you do with it. But it's, it's really not that hard. And a lot of people are trying to make it seem like it's hard and super techie, which is why I partnered with Stock Unlocked, because we need to educate people as fast as possible on this. Yeah. And, and look, it can be at times a little intimidating. I understand that there are places you can understand it. Stock Unlocked sounds like a great one. Um, also, you know, yeah. you can, of course, expect to have uh, lots of uh, ups and downs. I've had many ups and downs with crypto uh, price wise. It's not necessarily, you know, it's not always a rocket ship to the moon. But I mean, it's been obviously the best investment anyone has been able to make over the past, you know, five to 10 years. Um, really, yes. not, there's nothing even remotely close to it. Um, let, me, uh, let me let me go down the stock unlocked road with you for a minute. Educate sure. me because I've been in, you know, I bought my first crypto in 2014. I've been doing this for a long time. The NFT thing, though, I will say yeah. it does sail over my head a little bit. You can say, OK, boomer to me about NFTs and I will not be <laughs> offended. Ex I won't. I won't explain NFTs and why I should care about them. 
Okay, so if you go to my page uh, at IB Nicole Arbor, uh, that's on Instagram, I do have a video about NFTs. So NFTs are fun because there's a bunch of different uses. Basically, you get a digital asset. Some people are like, oh, it's just a photo of uh, orange juice, mostly drank orange juice with Nicole's (laughs) lipstick on it. Yes. Yes. So if you're into this for some reason, you got a weird kink, you can just put that photo up on your wall and then that's what it is. Mm -hmm. However, other NFTs, this photo of this weird half-drank orange juice gets you into a concert or it gets you into a club or it gets you into parties. It can serve as your membership card for an exclusive club for all different kinds of niches. Or you could show up at something like a live taping of Stu's show Mm. and they give you this orange juice NFT. It's like the photo, it goes in your digital wallet. That means the next three shows that he has, you get front of the line. So it's like special perks. So that's a proof of attendance. I was at Stu's show, I get this one, now I get front of the line for the next three live tapings or whatever it might be. I I know that NBA teams are gonna start using this for sure. Like if you're at the championship game and you have this NFT because you were there, then you can purchase the championship t-shirt, something like that. Um, and then there's tr- like cards, like Pokemon. This orange juice might have special powers in an online game that you like to play. That if you buy this one, you get those special powers in the game. Mm. So it's kind of like a Pokemon card that has more powers, or it's like um, the skins in Fortnite that they have like different. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yes, 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 for yeah? sure. Okay, so it, you, it's, I, it's... I say even in my video, I don't like saying Fortnite. It sounds like foreskin. I feel like I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, but wait, when you say foreskin immediately after it, you didn't mess it up, but you still said it. But then I did, because I was thinking it. And oh, okay. it's every time, mm-hmm. Stu, every time. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Yeah, but so there's a bunch of different uses for NFTs. So and, don't just go and buy anything. Yeah. See what it is. See what the use is. I'm I'm part of uh, three launches that are coming up. Ooh, Bitcoin Wine, the Bitcoin Wine Club. Mm. Um, that's launching on Sunday of this week, and I'm so lucky I got on the whitelist for that. You get a, a super rare bottle of uh, handcrafted wine from Italy with the Bitcoin Wine logo, plus a digital NFT uh, that's created by an awesome artist that's been doing all the stuff for Death Row Records. The really cool art. Plus, you're in the Bitcoin Wine Club, which means there's going to be meetups around the world, which means you can win a trip uh, for two to Italy and tour the wineries and the vineyards. And it's just really cool. So it's there's kind of an NFT for everybody. But don't think it of think of it as like, oh, someone bought a photo of a digital kitty because you're obsessed with digital kitties. It's like, no, <laughs> the good they old bought that photo days. of yeah, the crypto yeah. kitties. Yeah. They, they got the photo of the ape because Bored Ape Club. Board Ape Yacht Club is a club. It's literally a membership, and they throw really cool parties. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Um, okay, so you, does that make sense? Does yeah, that make yeah. sense for you? Yeah, you can see that okay, there's sweet. a you have the foundation sort of uh, as crypto as as a currency, and then on top of that, you kind of have these cool perks and the sort of culture all around it. Um, you can learn about that with Nicole. Uh, Stock yeah. Unlocked uh, is is the place she's uh, talking about here, which is really interesting. Um, it's 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 crypto, cool. NFT, uh, all this educational stuff. Uh, that you'll be trained. By pros. There you go. Uh, and yeah. uh, of course, follow Nicole on Instagram as well. Nicole, thanks so much for coming back on the program and talking crypto with us. I love it. Hey, am I allowed to give you guys a discount? I just got a text about it. Go ahead. Can we get, let's give your audience a discount. Um, if you guys want to come to Stock Unlocked, where you learn, uh, literally are trained in stocks, crypto, and NFTs, uh, 20% off using uh, Unlocked20. And that's on stockunlocked.com, Unlocked20.
Very yeah, cool. Yeah, 20% off. There you go. Cool. <laughs> I just got a text right then. I was like, ooh. Perfect. Works well. Nicole, thanks for coming on the program. Yeah, see you again soon. Okay, let's say you just made, I don't know, a couple hundred million dollars in crypto and you need to go buy a new home. How are you going to do uh, that whole that whole situation when you want to go buy a home? It can be very difficult, even when you're throwing money around like that. Well, you have to have a real estate agent you can trust. Someone's going to come in and say, hey, I know that they know that you have all that Bitcoin and they know they can get a lot of money out of you. Don't listen to them. Pay this much. You need someone who understands the market. You need someone who understands uh, how to make an extensive sort of complicated uh, tr- uh, monetary transaction go through like this. Uh, and you need someone who's going to tell you, be honest with you and say, hey, you're overpaying for this. Hey, this is a great deal. You need to jump on this one. Realestateagentsitrust.com is Glenn's company. Uh, it's the place to go to find the people um, who can help you with this. The best real estate agent in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Check it out. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, two weeks from today, uh, our livers will be challenged in a way that is not healthy. But we'll do it for you because we love you. Uh, it's Stu Does Power Hour, and uh, it is going to be the Christmas party, Stu Does America Christmas Party Power Hour, Friday, December 17th, 9 p.m., 8 p.m. Uh, Central, uh, only at youtube.com slash America. Confirm now Chad Prather is going to be with us. Jason Buttrell is back for another round as well. We're very excited about that. Even more people coming. We'll give you the more uh, details here as we go into the next week. You can get uh, merch uh, for the event. PowerHourSurvivor.com. Yes, you too can uh, have this fancy, fancy shirt and sticker and uh, hoodie and all the stuff if you want to check it out. You can use the code STU20, by the way, to save 20% on that merch. Now, what's the best way you can help spread the word about uh, this conservative Christmas party that Big Tech likely does not want you to attend? Well, uh, Stu Does America has your Big Tech workaround of the day. If you go to StuDoesPowerHour.com, StuDoesPowerHour.com, you'll see a little RSVP and invite button on the Power Hour event we created. You just need to click on that RSVP button and let us know if you're going to hang out with us. You don't have to do the power hour with a shot of beer every minute for an hour at home. It might make it a little more more fun. You might be less critical of our performance, maybe if you did that. So we would love that. But either way, we want you to watch it and check it out. Um, And this year, we're going to do a little bit of a Secret Santa program here. So I'll be playing a little Secret Santa. I'm going to be going through the people who RSVP for this event and reaching out randomly with some uh, special Christmas gift surprises, something you don't want to miss. Uh, so get rewarded for RSVPing and helping us overcome big tech. We do appreciate it. StuDoesPowerHour.com. Click the RSVP button and invite your friends to do the same. We would definitely appreciate it. Um, so check that out. We're going to have a little bit more here in a second, including an absolutely unbelievable pathetic attempt at spin from the Democratic Party. It's next. When you're going to have a protein bar, why not have one that tastes like a candy bar? You know, I mean, why not? Built Bars are filled with so much holiday goodness. They're covered with flavor, uh, real chocolate, um, amazingly low in calories, sugar, carbs, and fat, and of course, high in protein. Get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Built Bars come in so many flavors, you're gonna have a hard time choosing. Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. Uh, There's some like lemon-covered marshmallow thing they've got. Now, just go check it out, buy them all, just buy them all. 
You're going to love them. Built Bars, healthy and delicious. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code Stu15. Get 15% off your order. If you use the promo code Stu15 for 15% off right now at Built.com. Check it out. Built.com. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when the relative versus absolute misconforcement action squad comes for you? Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when the relative versus absolute misconforcement action squad comes for you? Relative versus Absolute Risk Enforcement Action Squad is filmed on location with the men and women of Relative versus Absolute Risk Enforcement. All suspects are assumed guilty and will be tortured beyond the fullest extent of the law. Now, this one doesn't exactly fall under the banner of Relative versus Absolute Risk uh, Enforcement Action Squad. It's not exactly in their jurisdiction, but it's close enough that, first of all, I really like the song. And so... And second of all, it is an example of what the media does, what politicians do to normally it's scare you uh, into doing something, scare you about some terrible thing that's about to happen. That's maybe not as risky as you thought. Um, But the other thing they do is just try to make themselves look good. And I want to give you a couple charts. This one, this first one comes from the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. And it came yesterday. And if you look at it, it's talking about it says, thanks, Joe Biden. And what you see is a decline in gas prices. Keep this on the screen here for a second. The first thing you notice, though, of course, is the uh, axis, the Y axis, which is breaking down the price of gas to $3.41.5, $3.41.0. Like, they are going to the point where an extra decimal is really not necessary. And you see the entire chart encapsulates only about $0.03, and the drop is only $0.02. It's only over a two-week period. And this is what you talk about when you talk about relative risk, right? You're so zoomed in on it and you're only comparing it to something uh, that doesn't really bring you any information. Now look at the absolute risk. Uh, Here it is. (laughs) This is the Washington Post, by the way. Once again, a major uh, mainstream media publication slamming the Democrats. Uh, I don't know what's going on. But you see the little tiny box is where they actually graphed the total, the Uh, The absolute story here, if you will, is one of constant rise. The prices and prices are going up. The Democrats tried to pull one by their own uh, their own Twitter audience and just got embarrassed in the meantime. So there you go. Today's episode of Relative versus Absolute in Risk Enforcement Action Squad. Get your You're Doing Life Wrong and Taliban Joe Christmas cards at studosmerch.com. Code is Stu20. You'll save 20%. Let me write one to dear former staff members of Vice President Kamala Harris, who just abandoned her. Despite the beautiful stationery on which I'm writing, I'd like to tell you that you're not doing life wrong. Your former boss is most definitely doing so, along with her colleagues and superiors, but I hereby offer my heartfelt congratulations for being some of the first few to abandon the Titanic. Like Billy Zane, except not quite as douchey. Kamala Harris is bad at her job. Kamala Harris is bad at being a person. I can only assume by your departures that Kamala Harris is also just very bad at everything. She's doing life wrong. 
Hopefully your experience in her office has opened your eyes to the internal operations of the Democratic Party and you will immediately be filling out the paperwork to leave. As for all the horrible memories of Kamala berating you and throwing things at your head and ruining the country and all that, remember, the more alcohol you drink, the more you will forget. So welcome, and I I wish you a very merry Christmas re-education training from Stu Does America.